Hi, everybody. Hey, we're here at Art Ladders. We're super excited. So Art Ladders, the creative climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Art Ladders, the creative climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. I'm Val Allen, and I'm here with my partner in life and in art, Armin. Hello out there, everybody. I uh, hope you're having a good summer so far, creating lots of art and just uh, relaxing, getting ready for the fall. And uh, we are doing the same thing. Um, as you know, we've created uh, art ladders and something that we've been planning on doing for a long time. Matter of fact, we registered uh, how many years ago? About was two that? years ago. Yeah, the really. Dot com. The dot, yeah, dot yeah. com, artladders.com. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So uh, Art Ladders is a space where we house two of us 50 years of teaching information and what we've learned. Uh, we're going to teach classes through Art Ladders. Our podcast goes through, through Art Ladders. And we're going to have different tips that we put on every two or three days. Sometimes it's just a saying about art, nothing big, but... Uh, we really want to, we want people to go to this, you know, a few times a week and see what Art Ladders is up to. Right. So we created this umbrella and we can add to it. We recently added one of uh, a class by Armin. It sold out pretty much immediately. And so you'll see things like that popping up. They're a little more urgent of classes that both of us will teach. And the best way to keep in contact with us is to go to our Facebook page, Art Ladders, The Creative Climb, and the website is under development right now. So I would say Facebook is your best bet to keep up with us. That's correct. And you can go to uh, Art Ladders for sure, and also our individual Facebook pages, which will um, take you to Art Ladders if we have something on there, which uh, we usually do every few days mm -hmm. or so. The, uh, the podcast is kind of the center point of everything right now. So we're so happy to be here with you for this podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. Today's topic we're going to cover is the topic of juried shows, entering the jury process, the aftermath of juried processes. So, Armin, do you have any tales from your past oh, of juried shows? there's so many tales <laughs> of, of entering juried shows. Jury shows can be as informal as an art fair. And uh, there's art fairs out there still, I think, that are non-juried. Uh, not many of them, I don't think. Most of them are juried, don't you think? I would say most of them are juried. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a classic sign that it is a developed art fair craft show mm -hmm. and has a little bit of history behind it and usually has uh, the marketing team behind it as well. So that is don't be afraid to enter juried art outdoor shows. Uh, it's all important. Uh, once you, if you do juried art shows that are outside or art fairs, of course, you need a lot of equipment for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally have only done a few art fairs myself uh, and rained and wind both <laughs> times. So I thought I better stop doing uh <laughs> Art fairs because I'm controlling the weather somehow. <laughs> you know, and with this uh, world that we're living in now, the outdoor shows are becoming even more important because it's it's safe to be outside. And uh, knock they, on wood, knock on wood, and they go well into the fall season for our area in the Midwest. Yep. And I've in the past I have done several 
outdoor art shows. One of my favorites would be down at the Etzel and Eleanor Ford Mansion. They had one called Art in the Park. Uh And that is an incredible space to do an art fair in. And so some of these places can be very glamorous that you show in outside. Yeah. And uh, working at the Midland Center for the Arts and being involved in that art, art fair for many, many years, and then going to art fairs, actually during art fairs, um, and related stories. I don't want to make this all about art fairs, but uh, that's really one of the early ways you can get out there. Now, the people who do well at art fairs, in my opinion, that I've seen is people that do three-dimensional work do very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two-dimensional work sometimes photography is a little more but uh the price point in art fairs has to be a certain way unless you get into the really big ones mm-hmm. Ann Arbor being one of those the main show in Ann Arbor and then the, the sales can go through the roof so do you remember the very first juried art show that you did with an art center or an art museum or an early on one, let's put it that Well, way. yes. The first one was actually when I went to Delta College and it was the student show that you had to enter. You didn't just get in because you were a student. Mm-hmm. That went through a juried process. The professors of Delta College at that time, Charles Breed, Larry Butcher, Russell Thayer, uh, John McCormick, and uh, Linda Menger. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting anybody, but uh, they would then choose the pieces. And I believe there was awards too. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure. But that would be up in the galleries and I would enter my work that I did that year and uh, I was on a wall. And mm-hmm. uh, being on a wall was was what it was all about. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And, uh, even then I was worried, where's my piece going to hang? You know? <laughs> That's that's the, the crucial moment. What's the first you one you remember, Andrew? I remember way back, this would have, I'm not even going to say the year, <laughs> but um, it was through Midland Center for the Arts. Oh, okay. And it was uh, designed to be a very tough jury process. So, of course, I didn't make it for about three or four years. And each time I learned more and more. Uh, before I always thought, hey, I'm going to show my versatility as an artist. I'm going to show a drawing and an oil painting and a maybe a little tiny sculpture. Well, I learned that really when I'm entering two to three pieces in a juried show, we want consistencies. Jurors want consistency and they want pretty much the same medium. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. Now, uh, sometimes it happens where people do three different mediums and one gets in, but I, sh- I sh- certainly wouldn't bank on that. If you're a ceramicist, put in ceramics. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a painter, it's best to put in paintings. And even to the point of those paintings relating to each other, it might not be a series, but it's a definite language that the juror will look at. The juror only knows what he or she sees on there. And if, if she thinks that... Uh, this person is in this trial stage where they're trying everything. To them, you're a student. Not that it's bad to be a student, but you want to appear more like a professional when you enter these particular shows. And, uh, you know, having a unity of work with the three works. You might do three or four different things, uh, mediums, 
but I would enter those in different shows mm-hmm. for that unity's uh-huh. sake. I do too. And and let's say the prospectus that the entry form specifies that you can enter three images. Great. If you have three that are of consistent style, enter them. But I've come to the opinion lately because I've been jurying shows, it would be better to enter just two of consistent than to enter two with kind of a one-off. So think about that. Think about strategy. What other strategy advice would you have? Because it is strategic the way you enter these. Well, that starts from when you enter the show. And, you know, we're going to talk about how to find out about these shows. But let's say you enter in one show and you find out who the juror is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google that juror and look at what he or she is doing in their own art. And it give you some idea of the thought process behind that juror. Now, uh, you would think if the person is an abstractionist, that, oh, I'm a realist, I don't have a chance. No, there's no such thing as that. Uh, and the opposite way, too. People are, jurors are looking for good art. Myself, as a juror, what I look for is technical prowess. I look for ideas, different way of thinking. I learn, I mean, I look for um, something that just excites me, that has just a little odd quality to it. Um, so I, I, I can't tell you exactly how that is because I can see it. Today we, we juror kind of quite differently than jury quite differently because first we see things on the internet mm-hmm. and, and what we still call slides, they're images. We don't see the whole thing in, like in the older days when we first started entering shows, <laughs> right? Right. Back in the good old days where there would be a, a projector screen and there would be the slide uh, carousel and they would flip the big slide. And so your image looks huge. Yeah. Well, now the majority of during takes place on laptops. You're seeing small images. It's rare that you're seeing the images in person, right. which I really miss. Most times the awards are given in person, which is a plus. Uh, but the scale is pretty much so random, so random. Well, it's not only the scale, it's the texture of the piece. And people are working, you know, with, you know, photographic styles and paintings and drawings mm-hmm. where the juror sometimes is confused. Is this a painting? Mm-hmm. Is it a photograph? And so it usually tells you when you jury a show the medium mm-hmm. and the size of it. And that's all the juror really sees. Mm-hmm. Now, in the days when you used to put your real work in there, that was great. I remember dropping things off and seeing hundreds <laughs> of other people and saying, okay, I'm never going to get into this show now and, <laughs> and those kinds of things. But that's the way it started. But, you know, technology moves on and we see things on the same size on the screen. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. It's not, I don't think it's a healthy thing, but it's the way the art is going. Now, to uh, jury shows, uh, the juror or the team of jurors go there to uh, to look at the real things still, from what I know. Now, online, I've seen it where they don't. And it, it's a national show, so they just jury from the, from the images alone. I believe the last show that I juried that was seeing the original work was probably about six years ago. 
And now things are being done completely online, except for the awards. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I'm uh, thinking about the slides in the, which we're calling the images. There are so many ways these images come in. And I know you've seen it too in your jury process, where sometimes the artist will set the work on an easel and take the photo, take the photo with the frame, paintings on the easel. You see maybe a fireplace in the background. You've seen this, Armin. Oh, yeah. you'll, you'll even see the painting on the easel crooked. Believe me, these are things that will immediately disqualify you from the process. And I don't think artists realize that. I, I That's what I want to get across today, that it needs to be cropped and, and straight and very crystal clear. What have you seen? What kind of crazy photos have you seen? Coming oh, I've, se- I've seen things that I, I can't even see the image. And when you're during an art show, that's all you see. It might be a great painting, but if it's crooked and out of focus, you have no idea that it could be better. Today, we have an advantage, especially within the last five years, your iPhone or your smartphone can take a good enough photo, exceedingly good enough photo to enter into a jury process. Here's a, here's a point though. If, if it goes into a, a, a magazine or if it goes into a brochure, they might want a better image of it. So you're, you're, you're doing pretty good with the iPhone things today. And I'm going to give you some resizing apps at the end of this uh, podcast today so you can resize things on your phone because they want a specific size. Mm-hmm. But, but the quality of the photo has to be good. We interviewed Nick the other day. Uh-huh, and, Nick Resitar. And, mm-hmm. and he said when he jurors and he sees bad photos, those are right away pulled out. He's not going to look any farther. And that's the way I feel, too. So there's a lot of good work. I'm not going to try to decipher something that's crooked, out of focus. And if you're going to put your your love into it and your time into making art, you want the same for how it's represented, not only to the juror, but in case it gets into into a catalog or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anytime it's going into a, a printed form, be it right now we're working with metal signage for public art. Uh, a catalog into a, a, a published book, the uh, they'll usually call you or email you, hey, we need a higher res photo. Um, if they haven't already asked for it right from the get-go, but uh, that's how that will work. So kind of is a good thing to just go ahead and clean up your photos ahead of time, get ahead of the curve on that. Um, but um, another thing that I see a lot is shows will ask for biographies or an artist statement. And sometimes this is required. If you're going to do a juried show that has a required biography or statement, make sure it is well-written, make sure you're marketing yourself in the best way possible. Uh, Don't scrimp on it. If they say 60 words, if they say 100 words, Use it to your best advantage. Right. And I wouldn't rush through that. Some shows don't, a lot of shows don't require it, but it's becoming more and more that they do because they, 
it's to your advantage again. If this is an online exhibit, which we'll talk about too, they will sometimes put the bio right there with your work. Going back to the taking photos of your work, do not take photos of your frame. Uh, unless your frame is an integral part of your work other than it showing off your work. You know, there's exceptions to all these rules, but you don't want to show the frame, you just want to show the image. And as far as an artist statement, you should have a small artist statement, a medium artist statement, and then a larger artist statement. Mm -hmm. And same with your bios. Um, don't be, you know, cocky about it. I've seen some things, you know, <laughs> you know I paint because I can't dance. Is that yours? That's mine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. I thought I read that yeah. one. <laughs> so there's a lot of funny stuff out there. I remember when I was working at the Midland Center for the Arts and Bruce Winslow and I worked together on these shows, we were going to put a show together just of artist statements because <laughs> they were oftentimes um, very humorous, to say the least. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm veering off of this. Have a good statement. Uh, pertinent. Don't, don't be an explosion of a thesaurus. Nobody's impressed by words that they got to look up. <laughs> Um, you know, keep it real, folks. Yeah, and and storytelling is is a big deal right now too. So tell it like a story, but also I would recommend doing your your bio in the third person. Just go ahead and put it in the third person, and you know, Valerie Allen created da 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 that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then your artist statement can be more in the first person. That's that's a little more personal. Yes. So that's kind of a rule of thumb. And then file these in a file where you can find them on your computer. I'm always losing mine. But, oh, I uh, have the same problem. You yeah. Know, I have so many things on my computer. I could sit here for a week and try to just kind of hammer this out and make more <laughs> sense of it. But I'm quite busy with all this stuff. And that's going to have to be a you know, rainy day project for me sometimes. Oh, my gosh. This keeping up with your toolkit of materials that you need for an art career it's it's a small business right there it really is but it's very important to have these in your back pocket one of the first <laughs> shows that i entered and that was not part of the school i would be going to was at studio 23 in bay city mm -hmm. and they were on center road in this little building way yeah, out there old schoolhouse mm -hmm. and i entered a piece and i entered three pieces i think or two i don't remember that's when you used to enter with slides, real slides. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got two pieces in and I actually sold one of those pieces at that show. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, that was my 15 minutes of fame that that particular time. I was very, very proud. And you should be anytime you get into a show. Oh, my gosh. Uh, entering the show, the Greater Michigan show, I think it took me five times mm -hmm. before I got chosen to be in that show. And the first time I got in that show, I got second place in it. Wow. So I, you know, I thought I've had it made. I can now retire my job, <laughs> sit back and have me have people bring me money in carts and buy my work. Anyway, I was thinking just a little tad too big. It was a one shot thing. And I, don't, I think the next year I didn't get in again. Matter of fact. But um yeah, it took a long time to enter some of these big shows. The BBA C show. That's was another a big one. one. Birmingham Bloomfield Art Center in mm -hmm. Detroit. That is a tough, tough show. Mm -hmm. That's a, one of the juried shows that is, you do enter two images. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's wonderful yeah. when you get in that particular show. I did get in one year. I entered 
this is a while ago, I entered uh, two, two pieces via slide images, and then they called for the work to be juried in the second time. So I hadn't had a good night's sleep the night before, and I drove down to Detroit. I was up in East Tawas at the time. And of those two paintings that were selected, I grabbed the wrong painting. Oh, no. Uh, they were very, very similar in style. Same colors, same series. They were giant insides of boats, which mm -hmm. I was doing at the time. And I drove all the way down. Of course, I hadn't had sleep. And I talked to the director of the center. And I, I was up front. I said, hey, I brought the wrong one. They're exactly the same size. They're the same colors. May I please leave it? And so he said, yeah, yeah, go ahead and leave it. We'll see what the juror thinks. But you'll need to wait down here in Detroit for the end of the jury process, meaning I had to mess around Detroit for like five hours while they juried. And I went back and they did not put it in the show. Oh, so man. I was like devastated. But, you know, well, that's, speaking, that's how it goes. Speaking of devastation, <laughs> the, when I was a younger artist, um, in the, my 20s, let's say, and if I didn't get in a show, I took it quite hard. I thought it was mm -hmm. an, I thought it was a, an attack on my work in general. It was just one person's opinion. And that might not even be they didn't like it. It might just be it didn't fit in the show. So I started going to shows that I didn't didn't get into just to understand, mm -hmm. you know, what was different about mine. Mm -hmm. And uh uh, I found out it was a theme or just the way the uh, juror um, wanted to see art and mine did not fit in there for some reason. Mm -hmm. And there's other times that mine would have fit in, fit in great. And I figure, you know, maybe the juror was blind. Or... <laughs> Something happened there. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was devastated. Now, the more you put in the shows and you get in, you get awards. I entered a show one time. I was probably 28 years old. It was in Mount Pleasant. Uh -huh. And I won first, second, and third place. Oh, my gosh. I've never my, heard of my, that. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's probably know. when they changed the rules on that show. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, uh, I was thinking maybe my mom you know, chose that show. <laughs> oh, that's but great. But it was not to be. But it was, it was a great experience. Today, when I don't get into shows, I don't take it as hard because I've been into some great shows and sometimes I don't get into great shows and I just like, okay, now I don't have to drag that piece down there and <laughs> think I'm, I'm done with it. So I'm not as devastated. I'm still sad, but you know, for case in instance, I've had a lot to do with manifest gallery. I had a mm -hmm. solo show there. Uh -huh. I had a year long residency there. I won second in their annual with my drawing and the last show I entered in drawing, I did not get in the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, looking back and when I entered, I understand that to some degree. I'm also part of their their team that jury shows and other times. So, uh, you know, it was one of those things that, oh, I get it. You know? mm -hmm. I think, you know, that that happens to everyone. It is very sub subjective. Uh, a good way. Yes, you can call the organizations and ask for feedback. But what I would rather see artists do and what I have done is I will email and you know thank them 
for their answer, basically, even if it's not the right answer, but say to them, can you let me know or tell me about anything else, any other juried shows you have coming up, any opportunities you have at your museum or art center, and do you ever have invitational theme shows? And a lot of times you'll get back an email and say, yeah, actually, we have a show coming up. It's an invitational. It's going to be on the theme of, let's say, water. So, you know, you could keep me in mind for that. Mm -hmm. So there's different ways that you can use a, um, you know, a a not invited statement into turn it into a positive because they are seeing your work. That's a huge plus. The theme shows have been increasing in the last 10 years and during COVID, they've increased even more Mm -hmm. uh, from what I see out there. So uh, you might not get into one show with it and you can put it in a theme show. Um, Think about it this way. When you start shows, you enter local juried shows. Mm -hmm. And it's usually, you know, your town or um, maybe, you know, the Great Lakes region. Uh, The next thing is state. Uh, regional jury shows where you're you have to be from Michigan to right. enter a Michigan show, or you might see one online. You have to be from Connecticut. Don't enter that particular <laughs> show. Right, that's okay. a good point. Good yeah. point. Uh, read the rules. Read the rules. <laughs> uh, the next thing is regional shows, and those are usually like tri-state, uh, maybe five states. Of course, that's what BBAC does, and it's a harder show to get into because a lot more artists. And then there's national shows, which is really hard to get into. Uh, And then the next thing is international shows. So you can work your way up that particular ladder uh, as well. Mm -hmm. But I do want you to think one thing. Uh, Take good photos and and make framing an issue. It should be a very important part. I don't, I don't understand people when they work 30, 40 hours on something and try to fit it into a frame that doesn't work for the piece. I've seen, I've seen people get juried out of shows because of their framing. And, that, and that's when you take your work in physically for awards and they're actually seeing the frames because hopefully the images you send in for the initial will not have the frame mm-hmm. showing. But when you drop off that work, and I'm going to tra- talk a little bit about dropping off and picking up work, when you drop it off, it should be framed in a very tasteful, wonderful way. And some of the prospectus will say you need a gold frame with a white mat or a silver frame with, they'll be very specific. Read that and follow that. And it's, Concerning drop-off and and, uh, pickup, drop-off during the times that are stated on the prospectus. If for some reason you can't, be sure to email the art center or museum that is having the show and arrange a substitute time. Do not just show up at an unspecified time because staffing right now or any time, it's just better to let them know Exact same for pickup and crucial with pickup is picking it up on time. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to go into storage because once it's in storage, you run the risk and you've signed probably an agreement that says, hey, we consider this work donated if it's not picked up within, let's say, two weeks or 30 days or whatever they decide. So be sure to, to read those things. If you're shipping your work, be sure that you pack it very, very well. 
and put it in packaging that can be reused again. And sometimes they will ask for a return UPS label. Any tips on shipping work? Because yeah. you've done no, a lot of it. No packing peanuts. Yes, no packing peanuts. <laughs> uh, there, there are shows that tell you that explicitly. And the Greater mm-hmm. Michigan has always been no packing peanuts. <laughs> and once in a while we did, we get one. We could play hardcore and say we can't accept it. What about popcorn? <laughs> uh, popcorn would be fine because okay, we, we, would, we would feast on that popcorn <laughs> and then tell you we can't get your piece in because you sent it with popcorn. <laughs> but we would eat your popcorn. Yeah, I love when that <laughs> happens. Uh, no, I mean uh, packing it up. Try thinking. Think of a plexiglass. Uh, don't don't yeah. don't use glass if you can help it. Most shows won't take glass if it's shipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if if you do put a piece of glass on it, make sure you. You tape that glass and almost a, a cross and X pattern on the glass. So if it does break, it doesn't hurt just, your artwork. Oh, absolutely. The best thing is just not to do it. Um, with taking photos, we are at a we are at an area now. Like I said, we can do that with our smartphones. But if you're not sure, hire a photographer to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, and really read the rules of the the prospectus. Mm-hmm. I, I, and the minute you enter an art show, you are now a professional artist. Mm-hmm. And treat treat that as a professional thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't get in a show, don't call the center up and make a big deal that, you know, uh, why didn't I get in? And, of course, working at the center, I would get those calls. And I would talk people off that ledge as much as I could. Yeah, there is an etiquette for artists as they're entering jury shows and invitational shows as well, where, you know, Basically, what we talked about, I'm kind of repeating here, but in be on time, you know, or email ahead when you pick up your work, thank them for the opportunity, of course. And now we have the social media etiquette when getting into juried shows. Um, Yes, you're super excited when you get in juried shows. And I love those posts when they say, hey, I was accepted into such and such. I mean, do that, do that for sure. But just be aware that there are going to be some artists that you know, friends of yours, who did not get in that show. So there's kind of this thing when you go to an opening and you see an artist there. Have you ever walked up to the artist and say, hey, where's your work? And they go, well, uh, I just uh, recently did that. I didn't get in this show. Yes. I mean, be aware of that. Well, people have asked me that, too. I mean, and, we are transparent. But, you, know, uh, you know, there's been times when. I remember one time in a beginning drawing class I was teaching at the center, they entered the Greater Michigan show, and two of my beginning students got in, and I did not get in that show. <laughs> oh, that's fun. And you have to pull on your big boy pants uh-huh. and go that show and be excited for your students and uh, uh, try to figure out how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, go back to the drawing board on know, that one. <laughs> but, uh, I think that's tough for But good for some, them. It shows you're a good teacher. But... Uh, yeah. You know, you know, there is that chance that you're not going to connect with that viewer no matter what you do. Uh, I remember my first big, big painting that got into a lot of state and national shows. And I won a lot of prizes. I entered that in the greater mission and I did not get it, mm-hmm. even though I had really good uh, record of that particular painting. You know, and. There are opportunities that surround many exhibits, one of them being a a juror talk. That's excellent. 
So even if you get in and or don't get in, go to those jury talks, you're going to get insights that you will never get any other any other way. So that's some possibilities. A lot of times they will have coordinating artists talk. Uh, when you when you do go to the openings, whether you're in or out of that particular exhibit, be ready to to tell it, to talk about yourself, have your elevator speech all lined up and go to those openings and talk about your art and have your images ready on your phone to show to people and, and just, just be ready. Um, and then the attitude that you carry yourself with at these shows, whether you're in or you're out of the show is very, very important. You know, it is. It artists is. are very, very important to society and we need to hold ourselves up and just be so happy that you're an artist because it's a wonderful, wonderful way to be. Uh, one of the things that you're going to, uh, it's probably going to tax you is when they say they want this size to be so-and-so sometimes it's 72 DPI by well, a thousand back to images. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't yeah. talk about that. Well, yeah, but I'm going to give you five, uh, apps that you can use your phone to good. resize that good. on there. Uh, one is called resizing app. It resizes it to whatever the, the institution wants it to be. Photoshop Express photo editor. These are all for your iPhone or your smartphone. Uh, image size photo resizer. Uh, Insta size photo editor and resizer. So those are the ones that people are using now on their phone. You don't need Photoshop for this. Uh, you'll have to play around with that app a little bit. Sometimes that's tricky, but they'll size into what they want. Mm -hmm. And since we're talking about technology again, which is so important, just be tech savvy. We have to learn these things. You know, we, we have to send in images. We can't send in hard copies of images anymore. We must have emails for communication. There's no way around it. So if you aren't on all those levels, literate, as an artist, we need to make ourselves literate on all of that. Well, if you're smart enough to be an artist, you're smart enough to deal with the technology. Absolutely. Today. So don't, you know, don't short yourself out because you're afraid of it. It's daunting. It's daunting for me sometimes. And I use it on a daily basis, mm -hmm. have for 25 years. And uh, it can be pretty daunting. Yeah, it sure can. And these apps that Armin just talked about, I'm going to grab some links from you, Armin, and we'll put them in the show notes. Okay. Because I'm be going to give you a couple of more uh, links here. Mm -hmm. And these are spots where you can find calls for artists. And one of them is callforentry.org, which is also known as CAFE. That's, that's a big one. And you can put in the state that you want to enter. You can put in, uh, you know, fee or no fee, all of these filters that you can add to that. And a lot of Michigan spots use that now. In the Midwest, use, use yeah, the call for and, entry. And you can actually take your work that you have available for shows and make a gallery in there. So when there's a call for entry, you just choose that mm -hmm. particular piece, that particular piece, and everything is ready for you. Everything's ready. If the image isn't correct when you're going in, they will tell you, hey, this won't load right. And so you've got some pretty good images yeah. going there. Uh, the other one is uh, submittable.com, and I'll put that in. The These are just a few. There's one called entrythingy.org or .com. What is it called? Ent entry thingy. 
Internet. <laughs> I love uh, that. That's thing. real technical there. <laughs> but it, but they do get some great calls for artists yeah, out sure. there. And what I like to do is I like to go into Instagram and I'll put hashtag call for artists. Certain things will pop up. I go to Google, call for artists. You'll find calls everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Studio 23 where I work as a curator. We have a Studio 23 call for artists group where I try to post a variety of different call outs. Uh, any that you can think of, any ways you find out about these entries, word of mouth is really good. Well, I I'm, I do a lot of searches on my own through Google uh, to find different shows, but Cafe seems to work pretty good. I get an email from Cafe all the time, and I'm in the making art stage right now, not the showing art stage right now. And so right, I haven't been entering any show in the last last year maybe year and a half i don't think i've entered any shows and that might continue but this is my profession you're a professional artist once you start entering jury shows and uh, don't let it don't let it frighten you if you do not get in a show you just have to take it you know with the spirit of i didn't connect with that juror and the next time you can enter the same piece and you could win an award mm-hmm. And I, um, I'm going to leave you with a um, call out that I became aware of, and it's uh, juried by Sergio Gomez. I'm a fan of Sergio Gomez. During the pandemic, he would do Facebook Lives that called Breakfast with Sergio. He's a Chicago artist and curator. And the show that he is juring is called Metamorphosis, The Art of Transformation. It's artwork that relates to personal growth and evolution. And the deadline is August 14th. So there's still time to enter this, but I thought it was a very interesting theme with a a wonderful juror. And he has a podcast called Artist Next Level with Sergio Gomez. So I'm going to give a shout out to all mediums. And that's uh, all mediums. Yes. And the um, you would go to visionaryartcollective.com. I'll be sure that's in the show notes too. But that's something that uh, struck my fancy. So I'm going to think about that one. And again, just search these calls out. And that's how I find out about my shows through Val. <laughs> I'm very, I love to find a new Val will enter shows and not even tell me about it. And <laughs> the big, this is an online. The one I just gave you is an online exhibit. And online is awesome because you don't have to ship it. You don't have to drop it off. And zillions of people will see your work. So yeah. that's a big trend right now, too. Do you have any final thoughts on jurying? We've covered a lot. Well, we've covered a lot. If you have questions, please uh, give, give us those questions on our uh, Art Ladders page, and we will answer those questions. We're not just going to read them and forget about them. We'll answer your questions to uh, the best of our ability. Oh, we'd love to um, see that. We'd love to see some discussion. This is episode three. Making art is your, uh, it's a narrative. You're talking to somebody. And if it just sits in you know, your house, you're talking to, you know, the people in your house. So this is important to enter show mm-hmm. so you can physically show your work. Yes. And really complete that circle of artist and viewer and create that art that we're, we're so hard um, to go after and, and mm-hmm. make it work. So remember, you can find us on Facebook at Art Ladders, The Creative Climb. And I'd like to uh, thank our producer, Taylor Kramer of Cold Shower Media. 
He's up there in Traverse City. We're learning a lot from him, and it's been so fun to get this thing rolling. We are now on Apple Podcasts. I'm excited about that. You can also find us on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And we hope you all have a wonderful two weeks. We'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. Armin, any closing words of wisdom? No, uh, you know, make art, show art, and uh, enjoy yourselves doing it. but it, it, it's it's important to do these these shows. It's, right. Thank you all for joining us, and let us know what you're thinking in our Facebook page. All right. Hey, bye, Armin. Bye, bye everybody. Bye, Val.